Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback, Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And zone caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exorcise the demons of another doomed season. I am exorcise the demons. This house is clear. Not a love podcast presented. As always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media, I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, after a day of rest, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I'm sure you saw this earlier today, the uh, over-under that was released by betonline.ag, mm-hmm. which you know carries, carries some weight, as it were, in terms of the betting world and the odds makers. The over-under for the Denver Broncos on win totals last year was seven. That's what they gave him last year was the over-under was seven, and they got to exactly seven wins. The over-under they're giving the Denver Broncos this year, eight wins. Your thoughts? I think it's accurate, and I think it's obviously a good look for the Broncos, and it's positive momentum moving forward, but I think eight and eight, Chad, is their floor. I don't mean to sound overly optimistic, but a a full season of having Drew Locke, uh, Vic Fangio in year two, they're going to add some pieces to the puzzle now. Eight and eight is a perfect floor record for Denver. They can go even up to 10 and six, maybe 11 and five things break a certain way, but I think there's a very fair assessment by Vegas, an eight win total for Vic Fangio in year two. I mean, yeah, the eight as a as a floor, I think, is fair. And I think that if things come together, I mean, if this team takes shape in 2020, just if it has the same mindset, spirit, energy, juju, whatever you want to call it, that it had the final five games of 2019, and I don't think there's any reason to doubt that it will because you're keeping the same key faces in, in, the, in the same key places like Drew Locke especially – I mean, I don't think 10 wins is out of the question. So setting the floor at eight wins, I think for a team that's coming off a five, six, and seven win season, respectively, I think that's fair. 
If they can do seven wins and have, you know, Joe Flacco as a starting quarterback for half the season, I mean, eight wins should not should be the expectation, not the hope. So it's the absolute floor for me. And they can go anywhere to 10, 11 wins, like I said, if things break a certain way. But the important takeaway here is they're right on the precipice of being a playoff contending team once again. It's very exciting. Indeed it is. This team, it's it's a lot of fun. Like we're in a we're in a cool interesting, exciting little pocket of time following this team. I mean, the Super Bowl 50 days is, you know, it's four years behind us now. It's literally a new era, new quarterback, new coaching staff. I'm really excited. I think all fans are to see how Locke and Shermer and Shula all work together. And just based on what Shermer and Shula have done in the very recent past, what they were able to get out of Eli Manning in 2018, and then what they were able to get out of Daniel Jones just this past season, it's exciting the way this team is taking shape. And even Colin Cowherd, whom, you know, you and I, we've clowned around about him before. Like he's, you know, he's a he's just this side of being a, a shock jock. You know, he's a hot take artist, sports radio, whatever you want to call it. But he has the Denver Broncos as being one of the teams that um, has a chance to, you know, go from, from worst to first basically in 2020. We also need to announce the winners from January, our giveaway, lucky drawing from – uh, Apple Podcasts. So let's dispense with that. Let's do it right now here and a lot of reviews in January. And thanks to each and every one of you for taking the time to support the show in an organic way. It means a ton. So here's the first one that we drew out. Hall Star 24, who reviewed the show on January 14th, five-star rating. Love the podcast. Not much to say other than these guys keep up for all things Broncos. And then also, uh, where is it? There it is. Five three. It's a it's a numbers. It's a series of numbers. Five three eight eight six four seven eight five four. If that's you, you really got to do something about your Apple Podcast <laughs> handle. But fair is fair. A randomly selected name, it, uh, rendered on the nineteenth of January. If you love the Broncos, these fellas know their stuff. They keep you current on all things Broncos and have expert knowledge. Five star review. So thanks to everyone. If you didn't, if you weren't drawn, hey, it's just the way the cookie crumbled. But if either of you are those reviewers, reach out to Zach and I on uh, milehighhuddle at gmail.com and we will arrange to get your personal details and, and get you out a little thank you. So take care of that business. And then also guys, before we dive into the main meat and potatoes of today's show, just a couple of quick reminders, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. It's simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And also it's a good place to be notified for when we release um, new merch and there is a new hat. I'll show it to you guys later in the show um, that we have listed. I think you guys will dig. So follow the show on Twitter and uh, take care of that business. All right, Zach. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. 
Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. I wanted to get your take. You published an article today at MileHighHuddle.com. I suggest everyone take some time and go read this thing in its entirety. But it's five of Denver's own free agents that Zach is saying the Broncos need to just let them walk, let them go. Five names. And I want to touch on each one of these. And and I want to hear your rationalization. Obviously, you lay it out in the article, but I want to talk about this for our audience here. Devontae Booker, first and foremost, is number one for you. Let him go, you're saying. He's an unrestricted free agent. Your take on that. I just think his time is up now. He survived a couple of regime changes already, going from Kubiak to Joseph to Fangio now. He's a nice pass blocker. He, he can catch passes out of the backfield. He doesn't really offer much beyond that, though. And the Broncos are going to reshape their backfield with Pat Shermer now. Lindsey's a lock. You know, Royce Freeman's a virtual lock. But beyond them, Chad, they might add two, three running backs to the stable here. I don't see Booker getting a new contract. He was a good player, a decent contributor. But after that rookie season, he really fell off. And the Broncos just... Uh, you know, buried him after that. So he's entirely replaceable. He really is. You know, he showed some promise in his rookie year, led the team in rushing as a rookie, something like 700 yards and some change, but he just didn't take the baton and run with it the next year when he was given the opportunity basically to, to do so. And even in the absence of CJ Anderson, after he moved on, it wasn't Devonte Booker that rose to the occasion it was Philip Lindsay and even Royce Freeman in 2018. Right. So it's just one of those things where he he's an average runner between the tackles. Now, what he does bring to the table that is unique, and it's a selling point for him if you know, if you're his agent and you're out there trying to find him a new a new team, is the fact that he does have really soft hands and he runs good routes. So yeah. you know, he's a in that sense kind of a complete running back, but even that being the case, he's not a true difference maker. He's a rotational guy that you bring in to spell somebody else and oh, by the way, he can catch the ball. Plus, he's had fumble issues. I believe it was five lost fumbles in four seasons, Chad, and he's not a three-down back. And in this day and age in the NFL, you have to be on the field as much as, as possible to contribute, and he doesn't have the type of skill set. So I think he's definitely a goner for sure. By the way, I just want to say, we want to say hi to those of you who've been hanging out in the room, waiting for us to go live. Stu, what's up, brother? James, okay. Buana Beast in the house, Stony Neff, Dylan, what's up, Tone? We see your comments. We see everything, your questions. We're going to get to all that here. Nick, Terry Randall up in the in the great white north. We're going to get to all that here in just a second. So Devontae Booker, number one on Zach's list. Let's get to number two, Elijah Wilkinson. Now let me just read one little clip here from Zach's uh, written remarks, and then I'll let you jump on it, Zach. A little-known undrafted free agent out of Mass, too much was put on Wilkinson's shoulders the past two seasons, during which he's made 27 appearances, either filling in for an injured lineman or usurping a benched one. He can play several spots along the front five, but, and here's the kicker, proved overwhelmed at tackle and a major liability as a starter. I will grant you, Zach, that he was a liability as a, as a right tackle, but as a guard, you, you think he there's no there's no viability there to bring him back as an RFA and, and either try him as a starter at right guard or have him be an interior rotational guy? 
This is the one that I was kind of caught up on the most of the five, Chad. I mean, he's a good bench guy to have. He's good depth that, to have. But in that sense, he's also replaceable. And I think he didn't really overwhelm me in any spot. He was decent at guard. He's a disaster at tackle. He's not a tackle. He's playing out of position. But he's always that type of fringe, you know, backup type player. Those, to me, are a dime a dozen. They can go in the draft and get the same skill set, the same guy who has maybe a higher upside. He's younger. He could possibly be cheaper. So I just think he's a good player to have. And I can see the Broncos wanting to keep him, especially if Munchak pounds the table for him. Uh, to me, though, I don't see that happening. I just think he's replaceable. By the way, real quick, Nick, yes, we we addressed that. Colin Cowherd, very high on Drew Locke, very high on the 2020 Denver Broncos. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm halfway there with you. Like, I think if he were just strictly a tackle, he pretty much proved that even as he's like a worst case, worst case scenario. In other words, like, for a backup swing tackle, he's like your worst case scenario. You need to, that's just simply a spot you would need to upgrade. As a guard, you know, we only saw what was it down the stretch in 2018 when he first started. I think it was seven games maybe that he started. And he had some, some games where he was pretty strong at right guard and others where you could tell he was still new to the NFL and outclassed, outmatched a little bit. But my bet on this one is that they'll probably give him an opportunity. They'll probably RFA him. They'll, it'll be interesting to see what level they tender him. But I think that's going to happen. Now let's move to the next one. And I share a brain with you. Your thoughts here on Adam Gotsis being number three. Mm. He was the easiest one out of the five, Chad. He is a definition of a Jag, just another guy. He He's decent against the run, but he never really blossomed as a pass rusher. And I hate to say it, unfortunately, his career in the Broncos was marred by that rape case, that strong arm rape case. So uh, he didn't really do much on the field to separate himself. And the Broncos invested a second rounder in Demarcus Walker. They invested a third rounder in Draymond Jones. They might bring back Wolf, might bring back Shelby Harris. I just don't see the the, the need for him, and, and Gossett's really didn't do anything to me in Fangio's system to warrant a second contract. Especially when you have the likes of Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf also hitting free agency. Yes. And, and that's unfortunate timing for Gossett, to be honest with you, because if this were last year, there's there's probably a, at least a 50-50 chance the Broncos make an effort to get him re-signed, you know, as long as he's willing to take something relatively team-friendly. But in this offseason where they've got 18 different RFAs and UFAs, he's a guy on the priority scale that's just way down the list. He's a solid two-down run stuffer. Beyond that, he's proven through his first four years in the league that he doesn't offer much more utility-wise, especially as a pass rusher. And as you said here, very well put, Demarcus Walker and Draymond Jones. You know, you got you got Walker at least this one more year on his rookie contract, and I think both of you and I believe there's a good chance he could have a legitimate breakout season. You know, if he's given the reps, if he's, I guess I should say, if he earns the opportunity to have those reps, I think he could break out. And Draymond Jones, he's right there with him. I mean, the way he finished his rookie campaign, sky's the limit. Both those guys need to work on being a you know better at the point of attack against the run, but their potential is high. Now, two more that you got here, my brother. Will Parks, you have listed here. And this one, you you address the fact that he's kind of a fan favorite, but your thoughts on Will Parks? I mean, good backup to have, good guy in the locker room. He's a fan favorite, a good pinch starter, but the Broncos have their safeties of the future, Chad, and Justin Simmons, who they'll bring back. And they have Kareem Jackson, obviously. If they needed a third safety, they can bring back Trey Marshall. They can bring back DeMonte Thomas. Those are guys that would cost less than Will Parks would get on the open market. 
to me, he's another, you know, replacement level player. Good guy to have on the roster, but not a necessary guy, not a mandatory guy you have to roster and, and invest another contract in. So I like him. I would not cry at all if the Broncos brought him back. I'm sure Fangio wants him back on some level, but I'm not going to shed any tears either if he's if he walks. I mean, it's it's you know, you clap for him that he could go and play some nickel corner for the Broncos down the stretch when they got really thin at the position and jump back and forth from playing inside and then playing safety and then playing some box safety. And, you know, he is a versatile guy, but it's at a replacement level. Right. And maybe you can argue that that kind of versatility is above a replacement level, but in terms of his impact on the field, you know, he's had a couple of big plays that are noteworthy and most fans can think back to that Pittsburgh game in 2018 where he cut across the entire field, headed off that tight end at the goal line to force the touchback and the force fumble. And that was his hallmark play as a, as a Bronco, but that's pretty much all you've really got to hang your hat on with Will Parks more often than not what you saw from Will when he was on the field, especially against the pass was a, he, he was, he's like an almost guy, right? Like he's almost gets to the ball. He's there to clean up and make the tackle, but he just, He's not, he's not quite what you need from a coverage perspective. They love him in the locker room, so it will be interesting to see if there's any kind of grassroots effort within you know, the players trying to campaign for him to get re-signed. But I think you're right on this one, Zach, that Will Parks is probably going to hit the bricks. Now let's talk about this last one. Chris Harris Jr. You are saying, that in essence, Chris Harris Jr., it's time for the Broncos to wash their, wash their hands of Chris, wish him the best. You know, circle back once you've retired. We'll get you in the ring of fame, basically. That's that's what I'm saying. But you're saying now's the time. Let him go. I think the Broncos resigned themselves to that fate even before last year started when they didn't give him the, the long-term extension he wanted. They just upped his salary for one more season saying, hey, go do your best and we'll explore it after the season and cross that bridge. He didn't have a great year. He lost a big step in coverage to me, and he's not worth the money he wants. He is crazy and mistaken if he thinks the Broncos are going to cough up 13, 14, 15 a year for him. It's not going to happen. They have other needs. Simmons needs a contract. They have Bryce Callahan coming back. They have a young couple players in the secondary that can step up. He's not worth the money to me. And going on into into his 30s now, he lost a step. Uh, I just think he's an easy one to let walk. On one hand, you know, it's the, the timing is unfortunate because – on one hand, you go, look, he deserves, after all the time he's put in and you know the level of play he has shown in the past, he deserves to make as much as he can possibly get. And I say that to, for any player. I mean, if you can get it, then go get it. But at the same time, he's reached a, a level in his career and an age where those two things have intersected. His play last year was lackluster, even though he had a ton on his plate and was asked to do a lot. That was lackluster, which intersects with his age now. You know, As you mentioned here in the article, his age 31 season – the Broncos are playing with fire if they come to the table and try and pay him and compete with outside teams at a top dollar level. I mean, they're just begging for that to blow back in their face. So if he was more in a mindset like he was back when he signed his first extension with the Broncos in 2014, I believe it was, might have been 2015. Either way, if he was in that same mindset, Zach, where you know he wants to be recognized for his talent, he wants to be recognized, but at the same time, he's open to you know making it as team friendly as is reasonable. If he were in that kind of a mind frame though, he already would be re-signed. It'd be done deal. He would have accepted that deal ahead of the tread deadline last year where the Broncos offered him whatever right. like three years, I think 36 million. It was very little guaranteed, but if he was in that kind of a mindset, he would have taken that money, which tells me again, even though he's keeping the door open and you hear good things from Elway and him and you know, like the relationship is not as bad as it's been portrayed. 
it's just highly unlikely this guy's coming back. It's you, fans just need to start resigning themselves to Chris Harris Jr. You know, probably being like a Philadelphia Eagle next year. Right. He was a mercenary last year. The financials are what he is governed by, and he wants as much money as possible. And he would deserve that money, Chad, if his play didn't fall off last year. But all the time we saw him on the field, he was doing this, looking around as to, oh, it wasn't me doing it. It wasn't me blowing that coverage. I was tired of seeing that. He lost his step. He's not worth the money. And the Eagles can go overpay for him. And you know what? They're not going to get the player that they're thinking they're getting with that money. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, guys. Again, I recommend it. It's a fun article. Go check it out. Zach published that today, milehighhuddle.com. And, uh, of course, when you you read anything at milehighhuddle.com, make sure you leave a comment. We want to hear your thoughts, sound off, and engage with the article. Now, let's jump over. I got a couple other topics couple other feathers in the cap here that I want to touch on, but let me just see what we have here in the comment section. See what's on everyone's mind here. Guys are pretty much talking about here's, here's Billy Ray on Facebook. Todd McShay's mock draft have us taking CD lamb at pick 15 your thoughts. And this was an article that was covered for us by Nick Kendall today, this afternoon. I think it would be great. I don't think CD lamb's going to be there at pick 15. I think there's a fair chance he's going to end up as the first wide receiver, Zach, off the board. It's going to come down to him and Jerry Judy. I don't think he'll be there, but if he is there, you know, like Nick lays out in his article covering this pick by Todd McShay, he does so many things well, but if you're looking for like that transcendent blazing vertical speed, that's not what CD Lamb does best. However, that doesn't mean he couldn't come in and be a phenomenal compliment to Cortland Sutton. His pro comparison, CD Lamb, is none other than DeAndre Hopkins. You think you could find a way to fit that guy into this offense? I mean, right. so I would love it if he were there at 15. I just don't see it happening, Zach. Yeah, I haven't seen the article, so I don't know who else was on the board at 15 when the Broncos would make that pick, but I'd have no problem if he fell into their laps and they decided to go for a wide receiver for the reasons you laid out. You put a DeAndre Hopkins next to Cortland Sutton with Drew Locke throwing on the ball. This is an explosive, exciting offense to watch. I'd have no problem with that. And that basically, I mean, for all the big national draft nicks, your Daniel Jeremiah's, your Todd McShay's, your uh, 
I just brain farted. Who's the OG, the, the godfather of them all? What's his name? Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper, thank you. Um, Matt Miller, everyone has picked a wide receiver, and it's been different wide receivers across the board. I've seen Chenault now from the Nationals. I've seen We've seen Ruggs. We've seen now CeeDee Lamb, and we've seen Jerry Judy. So those are kind of the four consensus, let's say, top 20 wide receivers. And, and by top 20, I mean top 20 in the first round caliber guys. Everyone's thinking that way. And even uh, Benjamin Albright, friend of the show, he tweeted out earlier this week, Zach, that uh, don't be surprised if the Broncos kind of double dip at wide receiver within their first five picks in the top 100, which wouldn't surprise me to see that happen either. By the way, Stu jumps in with a $10 donation on Super Chat. Stu, you're so consistent. We love you. Thank you, Stu. Got some stuff coming your way here in the very, very near future that's coming my way that I'm going to then send on to you. So look forward to that. But we appreciate your support so much, Stu. And then – let me see what else we have here. By the way, while I'm looking here, Zach, one of the other things I wanted to get your thoughts on is first and foremost, PFF's top one, 101. They, they, they differ from the, you know, they kind of separate themselves from the NFL Network's top 100 by calling it the top one, 101 or whatever. In years past, we've seen guys like Chris Harris Jr. ranked number two in the top 101. We've seen Von Miller way up there in years past. We've seen Peyton Manning rank way up there in years past. So far, they're into the 40s, what they've released. They're doing it kind of section by section. Two Broncos have made the list thus far. you got Cortland Sutton at ranked at uh, 69, and then Alexander Johnson mm. coming in at 46. What were your thoughts on that? I love that for AJ. That's surprising to me to be on that list and be so high. But Cortland Sutton, this time next year, Chad, he's going to be in the, the 10s, the 20s at the most, at the least, I should say. He's going to be a superstar next season. And uh, it's nice that he's getting that national recognition. But for anyone who's watched in the last couple of years, they know, or you know, we know what the Broncos have in Sutton. We know what his capabilities are. It's just nice to see him getting that national shine. But come this time next year, man, pro bowler on his own accord, all pro, and a top 20 guy in PFF rankings. It's a not-so-hot uh, take by me. I was, I mean, I'm just stoked to see Alexander Johnson. I mean, it's not exactly an accolade, right, to be ranked on a list by an advanced analytics site. It's not something you can necessarily put on your resume or it's not going to show up on, you know, the top section of Wikipedia, if you will. However, it is good to see him get some recognition and get ranked and, and listed. It'll be curious. I'll be interested to see, Zach, if A.J. Alexander Johnson finds a way onto the NFL uh, network's top 100, which is, according to them, the formula, it's all based on players voting, and it's formulated strictly off the players. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the NFL feels about him. Yeah, and I think, you know, with a full season, you know, starting in a Vic Fangio defense, he has a year under his belt already, and I think he's only getting better. He's just scratching the surface of his potential. I mean, he was a revelation, Chad, in Denver last year. Going forward and building off that, I want to see what he can do, and I want to see how high he can take his career in Denver. All right, guys, this is from Tyler on Facebook. He says, to replace Chris Harris, would you rather see us draft Jalen Johnson, the Utah Utes corner, or another third or fourth round caliber corner? Jalen Johnson is interesting to me. I'm not 100% sure how good of a fit he'd be in Fangio's kind of more zone-based scheme. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a fit. I'm just not sure yet from studying him. I mean, I've gotten some close looks at him in, in years past, but – I wouldn't be opposed if if he was like a third or fourth round pick early in the you know first day early day one early day two I wouldn't be down for Jalen Johnson I would you know and you could still address the position in the third or fourth round Zach but John Elway's track record drafting corners at that sector it's just not good so I think if you're gonna go out and say look 
we're going to bring a corner. And that's why I still advocate take a blue chip player like a corner or D line or, or offensive tackle at pick 15 instead of going after what everyone thinks you're going to do at wide receiver because it is a deep class. Yeah, you stole my thunder there. I was going to say, I don't care when the Broncos draft a cornerback this this offseason, just not the third round. You know, after Brennan Langley, after Isaac Yaddo, no more third round cornerbacks for Denver. I don't care where else they go for that that route. But like you, know, like you said, they can go in the first round, it could be that high, or they can wait till the later rounds. It all depends on how Fangio feels about his current talent and what he's going to bring back. If Chris Harris Jr. comes back, that's the first domino to fall is Chris Harris Jr. Once we know his status, then we'll have a clearer picture where the Broncos are going to go to uh, you know reinforce that position. Steve jumps in with a $2 donation on Thank Super you, Chat. Appreciate you, Steven. He says, love the content, guys, and so glad Atwater got in. So are we, man. Like You couldn't be happier that the honor goes to a, just a more deserving player and a better guy. Like He's, he's a stud. Mm. Here's here's interest something interesting from Cartoon Triple Sevens on YouTube. He says we should charter a bus to the draft, be obnoxious, wear white shirts with big <laughs> MHH letters, and get on the draft cam. Love it. Hey, if any of you guys plan on going to the draft, we'll, we'll probably have at least one or two of us from MHH there. We'll definitely hook up. But uh, if any of you do plan on going to the draft, you let us know. We'll make sure you find a way to get some uh, some swag that you yes. can you can pop on on camera. Wrap it with pride, guys. Amen. Uh, let's see what Evan says here. Jumping in super chat. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Evan. Top five picks in my mock drafts. Werfs, Becton, Kinlaw, Fulton in the first round. Second, Rager. Third, Mims, the wide receiver. Both those two and three are wide receivers. Three point. Oh, the second, third rounder, Die. Third, third rounder, Dantzler. Your thoughts. You are all awesome. By the way, go Broncos. Thank you, Thank you Evan. Um, l- listen, I, I'm with you on your first round and second and first third round picks. I'll leave it there for now. I think getting what what you're doing there is taking more of the tact, Evan, that I think would be best for the Broncos, getting a blue chip, non-skill position player at wide, you know, avoid wide receiver in the first round so that you can get a Tristan Wirfs. Because even if you don't start Wirfs, for example, at left tackle or right tackle, because you've got Bowles and Juwan James ends up being healthy, you can start Wirfs at right guard and he could kick some butt. Becton, it's sounding more and more like he's going to end up being the first offensive tackle off the board. We'll see how things shake out at the combine. Kinlaw, I mean, the cat's out of the bag with him. I doubt he's yeah. going to be there at 15. Fulton, yeah. Fringe you know, pick. There's, there's been times I've, I've kind of thought that that would be an okay place for Fulton, but the closer we get to the draft, the more I'm thinking, you know, if the Broncos were picking late in round one, okay, grab him. But right in the middle of the first round, Zach, I'm not sure. And then Jalen Rager, speed demon from TCU. And then Denzel Mims really showed out. I think he's the Baylor kid, but he showed out at uh, the combo or at the uh, Senior Bowl. And that's why I'm saying, look, you could get two really good wide receivers and double dip at the position, just like Benjamin Albright is kind of prognosticating without having to go first round. Yeah, it's obvious the Broncos want to reinforce the weapons around Drew Locke, and I love the names listed there. I don't know if I'd go back-to-back with the wide receivers, but I would definitely not mind double-dipping within the first, you know, 100 picks that the Broncos have. You know, they have, what, five picks in the top 100? Mm -hmm. I would not mind at all if they went that route. But I love the names you suggested. If they can come out of the first round with either – uh, Okuda, Wirfs, I, Fulton to me, like Chad said, it's, it's a borderline pick, but there's so many options the Broncos will have. That's why I want to see how the board falls to them. But the names that you mentioned, I wouldn't mind any of them in the first round. 
Ryan says, let's all go to Vegas. Chad and Zach are buying. LOL. It's tax deductible, bro. Any expense spent on anything related to streaming on YouTube is uh, tax deductible. Hey, that's not necessarily true. incorrect, dude. That's not incorrect. Thank, uh, thank you, though. Memory is treachery. Interesting handle on YouTube. What draft picks would you be willing to trade if Jeff Okuda is available at pick eight or nine? Interesting uh, question. I don't think it would get it done, but I would be amenable to giving up my trio of third round picks if it meant I could get up and get Jeff Okuda. I still don't think it would add up on the draft chart, uh, a commensurate level. They, you, you basically, if you want to get from fifteen into the top ten, even if you're just going four or five spots or whatever it might be, you're probably having to give up next year's first round pick or minimum a second round pick for the privilege, Zach. And I'm just not sure with where the Broncos are at this stage that Jeff Okuda is worth selling out all those draft picks. Like if I could get them to take the third, the three threes, I'd maybe consider it, but still I'm actually, I'd be more likely to try and just stockpile my picks and make as many selections as possible, which is increases my odds as a GM to hit on my picks. Yeah, I don't know if it would happen, but I would offer a third rounder this year, a second rounder next year, and maybe like a mid-round pick this year, next year, a conditional pick, maybe a pick swap. It probably wouldn't get done, and I wouldn't sell the farm either for Okuda. The Broncos have a lot of other needs other than their secondary, so if they let a player like Wirfs or, or, or Mims or any other player fall to them in these rounds, they can just pick the best player available no matter the spot. So good player, not a guy you're going to risk the farm for. I wouldn't sell out and, and blow all my picks. LA values them like gold. I don't see that happening for that type of player unless they are smitten by him. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. Right. Ariel jumps in on uh, Super Chat. Appreciate you, Ariel. Thank you, Ariel. I heard Benny Fowler wants to be back. Thoughts? Well, let me put it this way, Zach. We talked about Will Parks being a replacement level type of player. Benny Fowler is that. Now, listen, he's got now ties not only to the Broncos, as everyone knows, caught the two-point conversion in Super Bowl 50 from Peyton Manning. And, you know, he's been around for some crucial moments, but he was also – Basically, you could blame the Broncos missing the playoffs in 2016 on Benny Fowler dropping that touchdown in the end zone against the Tennessee Titans. Now, I know I'm going way back in terms of 
not everyone's going to remember this specific situation, but there's a reason the Broncos ended up letting him go. Former college free agent from Michigan State, solid guy, but they already have big possession receivers. They got one of the best in the league in Cortland Sutton. They got Cortland Sutton light in Tim Patrick. Benny Fowler would be Cortland Sutton light, 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 light. <laughs> I don't I don't think it would be. Now, I know he's got Shermer and Shula experience, and that means a little something, but I, I don't think the Broncos would be amenable to it, and I'm not. I mean, X's are X's for a reason. There's a reason why the Broncos moved on, and him and Cody Latimer both. And the only reason he wants to come back is because of the Shermer connection, but it doesn't matter what he wants. The Broncos don't want him back, and he's not coming back. He's the definition of a Jag, just like Chad said. Hardy on Facebook says, This draft is so deep at wideout. Why not take a guy who can get pressure on the QB from the interior at 15, then get our wide receiver in the second round? That's what we're saying, Doc. That's basically everything we're saying here. Paul on YouTube, Romero, he says, how do the Broncos stop compete, stop slash compete with the Chiefs now? You know, this is something that I suggest you I, – I would have talked about it. We would have made this a part of today's podcast, but there's a good chance that Nick and Carl might want to work this in as part of their show later on in the week, so we kind of let it be. But I would suggest everyone head on over to milehighhuddle.com. After you read Zach's article, read the article Nick published early this morning, Five Reasons uh, – shoot, what's the exact – I can't remember the exact title, but basically five reasons why the Broncos can – can feel confident that they can compete with with the Chiefs in 2020 and beyond. Go read that article. Basically what it comes down to, in my opinion, though, you guys, and Zach, let me get your thoughts on this. You got to be able to fight fire with fire. You have to be able to score. If you can't score against the Chiefs, you're going to get blown out. And we saw that happen last year. The Broncos offense, two of their worst offensive games, and it wasn't a great offense all year long. What were they, like 28th ranked overall? Never a good offense anyway, even even down the stretch, you know, Drew Locke increased things significantly, but still as a complete unit, not a great offense last year, but especially against the Chiefs, you cannot get away with putting up six and three points respectively and come anywhere close to competing right. with Patrick Mahomes. So you got to be able to fight fire with fire. What does that mean realistically, Zach? What do the Broncos have to do to be able to trade blows, fight fire with fire in terms of taking this offense to that next level? Uh, they have to have the weaponry to compete, and it's all about protecting Drew Locke and giving him the weapons to go out and match score for score with Drew, with uh, Patrick Mahomes. I said the night of the Super Bowl, I said it the night after the Super Bowl, and I'll say it until it happens. The Broncos have the defense in place to contain or slow down Patrick Mahomes, but he's always going to get his. He is Patrick Mahomes. He's just in that level now, like a Brady or a Manning. He is that good, and when he's in the game, you're never assured of anything. Victory Anything close to it. They, if they want to compete with them, they have to be able to match points, go blow for blow as much as possible, 20-24 at a minimum. So they have to do that by having the receivers around Drew Locke and protecting him. If they can do those two things, combined with Fangio's defense, they can compete. I don't know about win and, and topple them, but compete with the Chiefs. Listen to what Dylan's saying here. Okuda won't fall past five. Now that sets the stage for the answer to this question from Mark Anthony Ignacio on YouTube. Fangio wanted to trade up many years back for Champ Bailey. Could you see him falling in love with Okuda and pounding the table for him? I could totally see Fangio falling in love with Okuda. I think almost every defensive coordinator in the NFL is going to fall in love with him. The question is, you know, if he if they were within reasonable striking distance, Zach, this would be a, right. a serious issue to, to consider. Like if the Broncos were sitting even somewhere in the top eight, it's a conversation. But being at 15 – I mean, you're selling the farm to go get a corner, and even if he does end up being a franchise-caliber shutdown guy, 
it's just a you just don't know that and it can be really right. hit and miss in the draft so i just still don't see it happening for uh for okuda to the broncos if they wanted to move up from 15 to let's say 13 or 12 i could see it happening but moving up from 15 to the top five it would cost their entirety of their draft this year and a lot of it next year maybe even the one after that he's not a quarterback he's not worth trading up and selling the farm for my opinion that's the only guy you do that for chat that's the only guy you risk everything for as a quarterback it's that important Okuda, great player. He would fit this defense like a glove. I wouldn't go that high for him. I wouldn't risk the form for him. Terry up in Canada jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Terry. You, Terry. Hey, guys. T-shirt showed up this morning. Awesome nice. show in chat, as always. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of mind. Go Broncos. And that's right, dude. You're in Canada proving, once again, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And by the way, guys, as it relates – uh, before I get out of here, and we got time for one or two more, and then we got a split. But I'll show you some of the newer products that we've gotten uh, published on the merch store. You guys want to check it out. You want to get some swag for yourself. There are some – I mean, there's this white shirt that we had initially. There's a lot more on there now. Blue shirt, a rad hat. We'll show you that here in just a second. But I want to grab Dave real quick. Also up in Canada, jumping in on uh, Super you, Chat. Thank you, Dave. Greetings from Canada. Can you give a brief primer on what the different technique positions are? Example, I believe the zero lines up on the nose tackle and each gap is a different number. Is this correct? Cheers. Yes. So basically zero is head on to, and this is actually, if I'm not mistaken, um, the, the zero technique, I think if I might be getting this wrong, but the technique lining them up by number based on the gap and all that, I think it was something pioneered. It was either Bum Phillips or Wade Phillips. It might have been Wade Phillips who was actually the progenitor of that. Um, oh, let me get rid of that. We got you, Terry. Go back to this. But, yeah, you're, Dave, you're 100% correct. So zero would be right head on to the center. The one tech would be in between, lining up inside, in between the center and the guard. And then you just keep going out. The three tech would be in between the guard and the tackle. The five tech, when you hear someone say it's a five tech defensive end, that means he's lining up in the gap to the outside shoulder of the tackle and so on and so forth. You can Google it, Dave, and there's there are some uh, graphics. Whoop, I did that again. There are some graphics that show you how that works. But, Zach, it's it's pretty easy to kind of keep it in, in mind when you realize zero is the center and then you just basically go gap out right. number number. Yeah, and in today's NFL, it gets confusing because a lot of teams run different uh, exotic packages, 4-3 and 3-4 looks sometimes, you know, 46 defenses. But what Chad laid out was pretty much spot on. Zero is uh, right over the nose, and then it kind of expands outward from there. Let me see if I can find something while uh, while we're talking here. Let me see if I can find a graphic for technique. Bear with me one sec, guys, and if I can, yeah, here we go. All right, I'm going to share a screen. Let me see if I can blow this up. Let me do this. Oh, no, it's not going to let me do it. Hold on. Bear with me. I'll show this to you guys real quick. Let me share a screen. Yeah, Chrome tab, yes. And I want to share. You guys seeing this over on the right? Can you see that, Zach? Yeah. Okay. So you guys can see that for the for the uh, center, straight up, that's your zero tech. Then you got one, two, and three that are going to be cl clustered close to the guard, and it just depends on how you want to shade the tackle, the defensive tackle. And then here's your defensive end techniques lineups, like where they where they get staged. So it's it's uh, pretty pretty easy to understand. All right, let's grab one or two more here, and then we got a split for tonight. You guys, we'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you 
you uh, tune back in tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag. Joseph jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. How confident are you in Bryce Callahan? And is there any chance we can bring back Trevathan for depth? Let me put it this way. I'm not worried about Callahan's talent and ability to play in Fangio's scheme, inside or outside. What I'm worried about is that dang foot. Yeah. And the only thing that I can really hold on to as consolation at this point, Zach, is the fact that you know he kind of rushed his – recovery last year because he got hurt toward the end of the 2018 season with the bears missed the last two or three games. I think it was had a procedure done on his foot and then rushed back so that he could pass um, physicals in time for free agency. And then from there, it's a whirlwind, right? The off season begins, you're at OTAs. Then pretty soon it's training camp this time, even though they waited way too long to bite the bullet and realize, let's just put him on injured reserve. That last procedure that surgery he's had done two surgeries actually as a Bronco on his foot there's good reason to believe that by the time he gets to OTAs next uh, spring there's a good chance this coming spring there's a good chance that he'll have had enough time Zach to allow those procedures to take effect rest recovery rehab and the whole nine yards to where it's not an issue but until it's until he proves it's not an issue it's something we're all going to worry about Perfectly said. I mean, I have no problem or no issue with his physical talent or anything he brings to the table in that aspect, but that he's had a year off. I mean, if he's not healthy now after a full season off, then there's a major problem there. It was concerning for me that he went through the first wave of free agency chat and didn't draw any takers pretty much. The Broncos got him for kind of a bargain, but they're seeing why now. He should be healthy, but I'm not... Until I see it, I'm not believing it. He can bring a lot to the table when he's 100%, especially in Fangio's defense. But having a year off, you would think he would be. you think he'd be 100%, but until he is, I'm not going to believe it. Then you have to worry also, one misstep literally could give him a setback, another re-aggravation. You're always going to be on alert with Bryce Callahan, always ready for the other shoe to drop. That's what scares me as well. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they're... Hopefully it's behind him, but until we see him out on the grass, and honestly, until we see him suited up and starting yeah. on game day, Seriously. you're going to worry about it. Last one here, guys. Then we got to go from Ron W. Thank you. Jumping in on Super Thank Chat. You, Appreciate you, brother. He says, do you think the Broncos will have a role for Isaac Yadam next season? And what are your thoughts on his future with us? Honestly, you know, because he represents a third round investment, yep. he's going to have a, a place on this team. Now, it's a question of where does he fit in? And that's going to be, Zach, contingent on two things. Number one, what type of off-season acquisitions the Broncos make. That'll kind of dictate the pe- pecking order, at least to open training camp. And two, what else factors into this is how much he has, by the time we get to OTAs and training camp and then the preseason, has he turned the corner? Because he has shown signs and flashes. Like, if you think back to last July in training camp, Zach, he was one of the guys consistently making our notebooks as flashing and doing well in right. training camp and making plays. And But then you get to the games, and it's always that – you know, inopportune penalty or he's a little too grabby or he gets exploited by long speed or whatever it might be. He just hasn't been able to put it all together. But the longer you're working at something, obviously, the the better you're going to get at it. And now he's going into his second year in Fangio's scheme. So, you know, there's reason for optimism. I'm, I haven't closed the book on, on Yadam myself. I think there's still time. And I think the team is is looking at it that way as well, because he does check so many of the boxes that you look for, especially in a Fangio scheme. He's got the length and the size to be a great outside corner, and he has no problem coming up in run support, making a hit, making a tackle, wrapping up. Very good in those departments. And from a heart perspective and a and a you know leadership character perspective, he's exactly what the Broncos want. He's just got to 
put it all together, Zach. He's just so inconsistent, Chad, from drive to drive. He'll be looking great one series, and the next series he can't even get his head around to find the football. I mean, I want to see consistency from Isaac Yadam. And like you mentioned, he was a third-round draft pick. If he was a seventh-rounder, he'd be gone. He'd be out of the picture. But because he's a high-round investment by John Elway, they're going to keep him around for one more year. I don't know his exact role. A lot will depend on, like you said, that the additions they make, Chris Harris Jr., but he's going to have a role on this team. Hopefully, though, for our sakes, it's not a starting role. He's not a starting caliber player. He's a nice dime corner to have. I just want to see some consistency, you know, game in and game out, not series in and series out. Amen to that. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. But before we do, I want to draw your attention to the updates we have on the merch page. So when we first launched this, all we had was this shirt over here, the top white one here on the left, which is what I'm wearing right now. But we have since added this uh, navy blue bronco blue snapback flat brimmed hat says huddle up podcast with the logo hashtag football priest we've it's a different color blue but there's also that same logo on a blue shirt t-shirt and then a couple of hoodies one for uh for girls one for dudes and on the both hoodies it has hashtag football priest going down the right uh sleeve so those are there for you guys, you want to draw your attention to it. You guys have responded great to this. I mean, this is exists because you guys wanted it. You guys demanded it, so we got this up. We're steadily adding products to it, but we just wanted to draw your attention, especially we've gotten a lot of rave reviews already on this hat. If you guys want to check that out, and uh, just another great way to support the show and represent MHH and, of course, the Huddle Up podcast. But, guys, that's got to do it for today's show. As always, thanks to each and every one of you for joining us and especially a, a mile-high salute to those of you who jumped in on Super Chat. We appreciate you guys. And also a quick word. I know yesterday the podcast, Building the Broncos, the audio for Nick was not good, and uh, it was really just one of those weird flukes because they tested it before they went live. The connection, everything was good. And then, of course, as soon as the light goes on, basically all of a sudden his, his audio started cutting in and out. And Anyway, long story short, though, we have fixed that. We've made it so that that's not going to be an issue for Nick the next time you see building the Broncos live. And I know he was just uh, pissed off about it too, to, to have to not have good audio. It's just aggravating. So we apologize for that for you guys though, that uh, you had to go through that it's fixed though. So onwards and upwards guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. And don't forget also, this is crucial to follow my partner, Zach Kelberman here on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Get your takes ready. Get ready to exercise some demons because tomorrow when Zach and I return, it is our favorite podcast of the week, yes. the Mile High Mailbag. Get your questions ready. Get your takes ready. Get your whatever. Get it all ready. We want to hear from you guys. Tomorrow's show is all about you, so be ready for that. 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And Zach, my brother, have a good night. You as well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Just one more note on the shirts and all the other products. We're going to keep introducing more products to the store. We're going to keep rolling out more things. We're just scratching the surface right now. So what you see there is not what's always going to be. We're constantly rolling out things. We have a lot of things cooking, uh, Chad and I do, for the coming year. All right, guys. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. When artist Yamandu Canosa knocks on Salvador Dali's door, what happens next? Enter the world of contemporary art in a new special exhibit. Now at the Dali Museum. <laughs> 